Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to a new edition of the Pewter Report podcast live from Tennessee, where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers fell 13-3 in a very, very offensive showing by the Buccaneers, especially on offense. I'm Scott Reynolds. Alongside me is Josh Capo, who's been with me all week in Tennessee. The Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, as always, and we talked about it earlier this week, Josh. The Buccaneers got to use some Celsius. They certainly got to use some tonight, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, this this really what was a game that, if we want to put it in perspective, had a lot of players that are going to get cut playing in this game. Yep. It's not indicative of what you're going to see on, on offense. None of the Fantastic Four played in this game. Those players being, of course, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Russell Gage, Julio Jones. But I think it was disappointing because some of those uh, backup players, the Scotty Millers, the uh, the Kalen Geigers, the, J- the Jared Stearns, uh, Devin Tompkins being a nice catch, but we did not see those young receivers step up and make some plays like we did last week against the Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that has been touted all offseason about this Bucks team is that they're deep. Um, lots and lots of depth that can help sustain the team uh, over the course of a long season in terms of injuries. And that depth did not really show out today. And there's one particular uh, part of the team that's going to need their depth because they keep sustaining injuries. And uh, I think there's some cause, cause for concern when it comes to the Bucks' offensive line. Yeah, for sure. And we need to talk about this because it looks like Aaron Stinney suffered a, a significant injury. The way that, that Luke Gedeke played tonight in his first start, we're talking about the second-round draft pick out of Central Michigan, who's making the, the move from the right side to the left, from tackle to guard, from Central Michigan to the NFL. Those are three hurdles that Gedeke needs to to hurdle if he wants to be in the driver's seat from that that starting left guard job that did not happen tonight. Uh, Gedeke played well until about midway through the second quarter. Then things started to unravel a little bit. Back to back holding penalties, one, the first of which negated a big run by Rashad White. Yep. Then you had a, a sack allowed. Kaltrask probably should have gotten rid of the ball, but uh, it, it certainly was not. The, the type of showing that that a lot of people wanted to see from Gedeke. It took him a long time to get that start, which we saw him him start with the the ones for the first time in practice, Josh, on Thursday. But Gedeke still has some work to do. I don't see how he's going to be ready to start unless they lose Nick Leverett, which knock on wood, that doesn't happen. But it seems like Nick Leverett with, with the injury to Stinney is the obvious choice for that starting left guard job. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, Gedeke had a solid week of practice. I wouldn't say spectacular, but definitely solid. Got the start and obviously a very disappointing performance um, if you're a Bucks fan. And and he even told us after the uh, after the game in the, uh, in the locker room that you know he wasn't very happy with his performance uh, and that he's got to step up. I know uh, you noted during the game one of the things that, um, you know, coming out of college that is part of his scouting report was hand placement yeah. and that he needed to improve that. And, uh, and you can kind of see it on display with those two holding calls that he just didn't have his hands in the right place yeah. and he got caught. Yeah. It is a technique issue. It's not, not about effort or effort or ability. He's got that, but it was disappointing because again, things were going his way until they weren't. And then it started to kind of snowball a little bit. And uh, you know, right now he's, he's the, the number two, left guard yep. behind Nick Leverett with the injury to Aaron Stinney. I think Stinney probably would have been the starter on opening day just because Leverett has not really done anything to win that job yet. Stinney has the experience from that Super Bowl year, starting those those postseason games, including the win over the Chiefs in Super Bowl 55. But looks like he's going to be out for quite a while. That was a significant injury where he had to be carted off the field. Um so that was disappointing. One thing that never disappoints, though, is Celsius, the official energy drink of Pewter Report. Folks, if you have not tried Celsius yet, you've heard us talk about it. It's time to get with the program. And you can do that by going to an area convenience store, health and fitness store, grocery stores, uh, 
starting to carry Celsius all across the country. If you're not sure where Celsius is available near you, go to Celsius.com, click on the store locator and type in your address. You'll find all the different Celsius uh, locations pop up around you and then go try a couple flavors. The flavors are amazing. Orange tastes like orange. Peach vibe tastes like peach vibe. Tropical vibe is one of my favorite flavors, as is the new Arctic vibe. And the great thing about Celsius is aside from seven essential vitamins, there's no sugar and no preservatives. That means you get all the energy without any of the crash associated with the sugar crash because they're just in any sugar. So once you find the flavors you like, go to Amazon, buy them in bulk, save some money with the subscribe and save option, and they ship Celsius right to you. Yeah, I know, Scott, both you and I are East Coast guys. We're operating in central time zone. Yeah. Nashville's been a great host city. It has. I don't think we would have gotten through this week if it weren't for Celsius. Yes. That is a fact, yes. So we've had some late nights on, on Broadway Street, and it's always good to have Celsius in the morning uh, to, uh, to, to, you know, to give you a, a pick-me-up and start your day off right. Um, we got a super chat here from Leo. Appreciate that. So we got to be signing some more offensive line depth, right? Yeah, they do have Brandon Walton, who I think is probably a better guard than he is a tackle. So that he's he's not the answer, but he is somebody that knows the system. He was in the practice squad last year. I think he's played credible football, adequate football. Uh, you don't want him starting, but he could probably get you out of a game if necessary. Yeah. And they still have Josh Wells, who ideally you don't want to put him at guard. He's a better backup tackle, especially left tackle. But uh, right now, you look at this offensive line, no Ryan Jensen. Tristan Wirfs is out maybe till the, the season opener with an oblique uh, injury. And, and now the guy that you probably had penciled in at left guard for the season opener, at least Aaron Stinney, going to be out sometime, if not the year. So that's yeah. that's disappointing. Will they have to sign someone? Yeah, maybe. Um and, and, and Fred, uh, you know, Johnson did not look well tonight no, either. He, for, the, for the second straight game, he's given up some pressure. And I want to say this was the second play of the game for Kyle Trask where he allowed a sack. So uh, certainly not a great showing for Fred Johnson. No. Uh, this offensive line did not perform well, but we saw it in practice all week. The Titans up front whipped the Buccaneers offensive line throughout the week. Yeah. It, it's been consistent throughout the entire week. They bounced back a little bit on Thursday, um, had a, a decent showing, but just really disappointed all the way around uh, here tonight. Um, you, you had mentioned uh, Fred Johnson. You know, we, It's no guarantee that Tristan Wirfs is going to be back for week one. So you're looking at depth issues across the line. Yeah. Yeah, certainly not uh, um, what you want, especially if you're Tom Brady. <laughs> if, if you're Tom Brady, you're, you're taking this time off. Uh, you you're, just called Todd Bowles and said, hey, we're going to push this this return back a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I might need some more time to, to think about things. Uh, but no, they do expect Tom back this week. They're, they were not uh, going to give us a, a timetable in, in terms of when that's going to be. But it will be this week. So uh, maybe Tom Terrific can come in and, and, and all will be right with him. Uh, Todd Bowles, when I asked him about the play of Kyle Trask, and we'll, we'll kind of – Finish with the offense. We'll get into some some defense because that's where some good things did happen for the Buccaneers. But I asked Todd Bowles if Kyle Trask took a step back. He certainly didn't take a step forward. Let's say that, Josh, to be fair. Bowles didn't think that Trask took a step back. But when you look at his statistics for the night, and statistics don't always tell the tale because there were some turnovers where he got hit. Yep. And that's more on the offensive line. Uh, it, the interception to Joe Jones, he got pressured from Fred Johnson's guy and and hit his arm a bit and caused the pass to sail yep. and flutter. And it, that was an easy interception for Joe Jones. The ball wasn't anywhere near the the receivers. And and then you've got the other play where he stepped up into a throw. And I want to say it might have been Brand Walton from the, the, the right guard position. He gave up some penetration, and again, the ball was knocked out of Trask's hand. He was able to to recover the fumble, yep. take a took a nasty hit afterwards Ooh, into the ribs. Yeah, yes. But Trask, eleven of twenty four, one hundred and five yards, four sacks, and of course the interception. And that's not the stat line that you want from a guy that could be 
the heir apparent to Tom Brady. I, I don't know how you can see what you've seen from Kyle Trask so far in these preseason games and think that he is, is an option to start next year or whenever Tom Brady leaves because I don't think he's come close to beating out Blaine Gabbert. No, no. I mean, Gabbert didn't have a great night either, but he only really had one drive, yeah. and, and it did stall out. But Trask just – he looked uncomfortable all night. He was aiming and floating passes. Um, he had, some, I want to say, two or three near picks yeah. um, in addition to the, to the Joe Jones interception. Um, lacked pocket awareness. I mean, yeah. he, he was getting pressured, but he wasn't really moving away from it. Had a couple plays here and there where he could do it, but not in any type of consistent way. Um, just in general, looked like he was not comfortable, which is unfortunate because last week he looked very comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's, again, what, what Todd Bowles is going to look for is consistency, not flashes, but consistency. Can you, can you play well consistently? And I, I don't have the play-by-play for, for example, for Don Gardner, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, he made an interception in in this game. He, he was an inch away from an interception in last week's game against the Dolphins, and he's been pretty good in coverage overall as kind of a sleeper. And I, I don't think he's going to make the team per se. It depends on on how he how he fares on special teams as opposed to a player like Dee Delaney. But he's certainly done enough maybe to earn a spot on the practice squad. Sure. But you saw some consistency there. You've seen some consistency from uh, Akunle Farokasi, the inside linebacker, number 53, who's stacked two back-to-back games, really consistent, well-done performances for the undrafted free agent linebacker. And that's just kind of what you wanted to see from Kyle Trask is, is better pocket awareness, better pocket presence. The, the one thing about Trask that you note is – and you can sit there and say, well – the offensive line didn't hold up. Pressure got to him and all that. But but where's the sidestepping of the rush? Right. Where's the movement within the pocket or even getting outside the pocket? He did it a couple of times, but not enough. And you can't have turnovers at the quarterback position and win. The Bucs have, have experienced that too many times with the likes of the Josh Freemans, the Josh McCowns, the Mike Lennons, uh, the, the Jameis Winstons. And they've been spoiled with Tom Brady, who just – a, a tremendous job of taking care of the ball, but you, you can't beat your team if you're the quarterback with take or with turnovers. Yeah. And, and and that's something that we've seen now from Kyle Trask. Yeah. I think not to put too fine a point on it, but when you look at, you know, people are discussing is Trask the quarterback of the future. And when you look for a starting quarterback, you look for somebody who can elevate the play of the players around them. Yeah. Now, yes, he's playing with depth pieces. He's playing with second teamers. He's playing with third teamers. But is he elevating their play? Yeah. He's really not. Right. You know, we talk about he's under assault. Joe Burrow, and not to equate the two too much, yeah. but Joe Burrow was under assault all year last year. Yeah. He helped take the – he kind of put the Bengals on his back for certain periods of time. Right. And he took them all the way to the Super Bowl. Yeah. He elevated the players around him. Right. You just didn't see that out of Kyle Trask tonight. No, you, you haven't. And and the thing, too, is, is, is he did not have a good practice on Thursday either. Nope. And Wednesday was was the better day for him this week in, in Tennessee. But you just have not seen him take that step to yeah. to take hold of that backup quarterback job away from Blaine Gabbert because you don't go from number three to number one in terms of, of the quarterback depth chart. You got to go up to number two first, and he's not been able to wrest that job away from Blaine Gabbert. And he's had plenty of reps to do it because Tom Brady has not been here He's missed seven practices total, and that's afforded Kyle Trask a lot more reps to show what he can do. And we've just seen too many interceptions during training camp. Now you're entering the third preseason game. And even if Tom Brady doesn't play, uh, and I don't want to alarm anybody, but let's say the Bucs decide not to play Tom Brady. That would not be the end of the world. Why? Because in 2020, there was no preseason. And Tom Brady didn't know the offense, and he still led the Buccaneers to the Super Bowl. So now he's year three into this off- offense. I think if Tom does come back this week as expected, then he will play. But I think it's time to kind of turn the page on the Kyle Trask experiment and start to focus on this season, getting the starters ready, and say that that the grade is incomplete sure. for Kyle Trask. And that's just not good enough to – have him be a, a a candidate to be the to be the guy when Brady ends up leaving. And, and I would say, you know, kind of moving off of Trask, he didn't play as well as last week, and he wasn't the only one. You know, 
you, the offensive line, obviously we already talked about that, you know, being yeah. a rough spot for the team. The playmakers were overall a right. rough spot for the team. Trask wasn't helped by, I want to say three, three different receivers yeah. with, with some drops. Jalen Darden had one, Scotty Miller had one, Kalen Geiger senior had one, uh, Rashad White with a fumble. Yep. Yeah. You know, all of those were, were big plays in the grand scheme of things. The, the drops stalling drives out the fumble, you know, leading to, I believe a field goal by right. the Titans on a four play zero yard drive. Yeah. <laughs> they still pulled out three points. Um, and just overall the offense was, I, I think you, you hit the nail on the head with the, uh, kind of the lead in there, it was offensive. You know, yeah. Nobody really stood out on that side of the ball in a positive way outside of maybe Keyshawn Vaughn, who yeah. had, I think, a solid game overall. Yeah. Yeah, he certainly did. Uh, the the Nashville, well, I shouldn't say Nashville product, but but played at Vanderbilt here yeah. in Tennessee. So he certainly had a great homecoming, really kind of energized the Bucks' ground game, 10 carries, 54 yards, a healthy 5.4-yard average, 17-yard run by – Keyshawn Vaughn was the longest play of the game. Well, I'll take that back. Devin Tompkins had a 34-yard catch in the game. He was your leading receiver, though. You're speaking about not many plays. When your leading receiver's got two catches for 38 yards, one of them being a 34-yarder. Tells uh, a big story. Yes. And I think one of my favorite stats from this entire game is Jake Camarda doubled the Bucks' offense in terms of yardage. He did. And then some. He really did. Uh, and you look at, at uh, Camarda uh, punting the ball. He had a, a healthy 50.4-yard average. He did have one inside the 20 and then one which was a touchback. He boomed one, 65 yards. Maybe that's enough to get the, the people who wanted the punt god off of Jason Light's back. Yeah, 65 on one punt, 62 yeah. on another. He showed he's got plenty of leg. Yeah. may not be 80 but he's got plenty of leg to flip the field. I think the big issue there was, was while Camarda was booming him, the punt coverage team was not getting oh, down awful. there yeah. fast enough. Um, so he was out kicking his coverage. And I don't know if that's a function of Camarda so much as just the gunners didn't look like they were really moving fast enough to get yeah. down there. And then when they did get down there, they were out of position and, and missing tackles, which allowed the Titans return game to have a decent, get, decent night. Yeah. Uh, if you're looking for any positives from special teams, we'll get to the defense in a second. There's a couple. The kick return game, I, I thought, maybe took some strides. This yep. has been a, a weak spot for the Buccaneers ever since Keith Armstrong, the special teams coordinator, has been here in Tampa, to be honest. They've not been special. But at least tonight they had two kickoff returns, one from Jalen Darden for 25 yards, and a better showing from Rashad White in his lone kick return tonight, a 33-yarder. So almost broke it. Almost broke it. Yes. So certainly a much better performance from him tonight than he showed in his preseason debut against the Dolphins. And one more thing about White, he did have the fumble. Um, one thing I will say is the ball was was high, but it was not tight. It was like this, and that's why the ball was punched out. So if you're going to make mistakes, if you're Luke Gedeke, you're going to have some holding calls due to poor hand placement. If you're Rashad White, you're going to have a fumble. Do it in the preseason. Learn from it. Get it on tape, get the coaching points corrected, and, and hopefully it doesn't reoccur during the season. Yep. The other special teams uh, highlight, if you will, was the play of Ryan Suckup. Yep, yep. Uh, didn't get many opportunities, just one. Um, but Suckup hit from 52 yards out. So he's been automatic just about uh, over his couple of years here with the Bucks uh, from inside of, say, 45. Nice to see him put one from outside of 50 on the board. And I think between that, the miss last week from Jose Borregales and the fact that he had a Borregales that is had a, a fairly tough time in joint practices. Yeah. I think we're probably at the point where Ryan Suckup has solidified himself as this team's kicker for the 2022 season. Yeah. And I think that you're going to see Jose Borregales have one more opportunity. It seemed like, like that's how this is going to play out, right? You, you gave Jose the, the first preseason game, Ryan Suckup, former Tennessee Titan, gets the, the second one, and then I think you're going to see him being featured in practice this week, and then he'll have the third uh, game in uh, Indianapolis for the, the final preseason game. And maybe they put him on the practice squad if, if they can. I don't know that he's done enough to warrant him being signed away, but uh, that's certainly the, the the chance that you take with a young kicker, and, and they, they chose Suckup over Matt Gay back in 2020. It was the right call then because of the Super Bowl win and the fact he had 136 points. But two years later, Matt Gay, the former Bucks draft pick, 
It's a Pro Bowl kicker for the Rams. Yep. Helped beat the Buccaneers and helped win a Super Bowl. Yep. So do they want to let go of another young leg? Can they afford to do so? Or could they stash Jose or Gallus on the practice squad? Again, you know, they, they protected him every single week of, of the year last year. So they, they like his future. But he's, he's got to have a really good showing in, in Indy next week. I think part of the protection was the COVID protocols. And, and depending on what those look like this year, you may not see it happen nearly as much this year. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's talk about the defensive side of the ball because that was the bright spot. When you look at at the the third down conversions, that that's always uh, the, the the telltale sign of, of a game and usually how it goes. That and, and the turnover margin, that's uh, it's a big one for Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles is all about getting off the field on third downs. The Bucks offense, not very good. Two of thirteen on third downs. That's a fifteen point four percent conversion rate on third downs. Now. The Titans, not much better. The, the Bucks defense did a credible job on third downs, and, and even on fourth downs, too. On third downs, they held the Titans to 3 of 15. That's a 20% conversion rate, and the Titans went for it three times on fourth downs, only converted one. So let's talk about this Bucks defense. Sure. Uh, who are some of the standouts uh, that, that caught your eye? You did the most impressive list. We have a couple stories up on pewterreport.com, by the way, right now. Most impressive, most disappointing. Uh, the Aaron Stinney injury story, as well as the game recap. So check those out. I'll have my Bucks two-point conversion column uh, up first thing in the morning. But uh, let's talk about the defense. Yeah, I would say um, you know early uh, the JTS uh, Joe Tryon Shoyinka really popped. He had he was in the backfield quite a bit. I think Todd Bowles even mentioned it in his post-game uh, press conference that he really saw a lot of things that he liked in the uh, early part of the game with the defense. And JTS I think really kind of exemplified that. Um, the pass rush in general throughout the night was really solid. Uh, Pat O'Connor was disruptive. He was constantly in the backfield. I believe he had a sack and a half. Um, he was penetrating in the run game. And they were making the Tennessee quarterbacks, both uh, Malik Willis and Logan um, Whiteside, uh, they were making them uncomfortable. And both of them had to routinely move around in the pocket, try and create out of structure. And uh, you saw the Bucks. Uh, Pass rush just in general, but pursuing very well. They ended up with four sacks on the night. So I think that is probably the brightest takeaway of this game was that that pass rush was, uh, I would say, almost incredible. Yeah. You look at, at uh, uh, Olakunle Farokasi, who was the leading tackler in last week's game, was also the leading tackler uh, in this one. And uh, this this was a play you mentioned, Joe Tryon Shoenka. He was the setup man for this sack of Malik Willis by Farokasi, and those two really did a good job getting after the quarterback. Farokasi had a sack and a half and nine tackles to lead the Bucks. The other inside linebacker, J.J. Russell, had seven stops. O'Connor, as you mentioned, six tackles, very active up front. Yep. And Deidre Snod had a good game, too, so also yes, six tackles. Uh, they both split a sack, and um, uh, Andre Anthony had a sack. He was a player that flashed during – the practice on Wednesday. I think it was Thursday. It was th Thursday. Yeah. He flashed on Thursday and really had uh, a, a nice splash play. Uh, got his first sack of the preseason there. Uh, so uh, when you look at the pass rush as a whole, the Buccaneers had, what, four sacks tonight? And, you know, if, if not for Malik Willis, they probably would have had more. It's just that, that this guy is so slippery. That was the word that Pat O'Connor used. He, he very much is, and, and the Bucks were harassing him all night, and, and credit to him in terms of his ability to escape. Um, you, you do have to note that the Bucks defense had trouble bringing him down, lots of missed tackles, and you see one right here with uh, Carl Nassib. I, I, I believe this ended up setting up an 18-yard uh, uh, pass from Malik Willis to keep a drive alive, and I think that that's important because Malik Willis is a mobile quarterback, and yeah. the Bucks are going to face, um, by my count, Four mobile quarterbacks throughout the season in Patrick Mahomes, Marcus Mariota, Lamar Jackson, and Kyler Murray. Yeah. So it's important when you have those uh, scrambling quarterbacks, those mobile quarterbacks, that when you you are harassing them, that you get them down. Yeah, you do. And folks, um, when it comes time for the regular season, you want to get your bets down too, right? If we're talking about you know getting things down and getting things done, and the place to get all of your action is my bookie they've been with us for years my bookie offers all new customers 100 match bonus 
on their first deposit all the way up to $1,000. You know, my bookie typically will do a 50% match. Take advantage of this offer right now. Get ready for football season. College football season is about a week away. The NFL season starts in just under three weeks. So you want to make sure that you're a MyBookie customer, and now is the time to do it with a 100% match bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code Pewter to claim yourself a dollar-for-dollar match on your first deposit. Deposit $200 and play with $400 instantly. Use the promo code Pewter. Money lines, totals, everything in between. Can't find what you're looking for? Heck, Josh, you can build your own prop with MyBookie's Prop Builder. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. So the other thing that I think is important to note, we talked about Fadakasi and how he had a really great night. When you look at the linebackers as a whole, um, it was kind of a, a great okay and bad yeah um i think jj russell he flashed a little bit had mm -hmm. a couple of, of decent plays there um when you talk about todd bowles looking for consistency i don't know if he was extremely consistent throughout right. the entire night um but i would say kj Britt had a bit of a rough game yeah and, and his lack of speed it, I think, it shows was up yeah. on display tonight yeah. um and i think it's going to show up anytime there's a quarterback like malik willis yeah. um on the field well, and at the same time, too, the Titans do so much running between the tackles. Now, they do have an off-tackle game. They do have a play-action bootleg game with, with Willis. But I thought this would be a game where K.J. Britt really kind of shows up more in the stat sheet. Five, six, seven tackles, whatever. That really wasn't the case. No. It was Fado Kasi who was everywhere, sideline to sideline for the Buccaneers. Britt's not going anywhere. He's going to make the team. He's a cerebral player. But that lack of athleticism and speed, it, it does show up. And you have to wonder now, the guy who didn't show up now for the second week, really, was Grant Stewart. He got hurt in the first quarter of the last game against the Dolphins, missed this one. And I know that they like Grant Stewart on special teams as a special teams tackler, but he can't play on defense. Do you swap out Fadokasi for Grant Stewart, or do you keep five linebackers and just have Stewart on there? For special teams uh, tackling ability might not be a bad idea considering the bucks gave up a couple big punt returns tonight yeah i think it, it's going to be tough to keep stewart off when you look at what this this coverage special unit, team yeah. yeah especially the coverage unit because that was where stewart really flashed last year he he was consistently great at punt coverage yeah. and you can see what happens when he's not on the field I think Fadakasi is going to make it very hard for the Bucks to to cut him. Yeah. I think good linebacker play is hard to find in the NFL, and I, there's a good chance they may not be able to keep him on the practice squad. Between him and Anthony, I think those are the two guys kind of fighting for that 53rd man spot with Stewart, uh, and both of them put up really good reasons to keep him. Yeah. And Stewart, just by default not being on the field, he wasn't able to make that case. Yeah, I think part of the reason to answer Nate Pitt's question here, did JTS look like he was overrunning the line? not containing, opening up a huge hole for running backs. That's something that happened a little bit last year, and it's all about taking the right angles. It's all about when you're assigned the, uh, the, the contained duties, when you need to set the edge, it's making sure you do so, but you do so in, in the right landmark so you're not out too wide and you are opening up an off-tackle run. That did happen. You go back in the Jets game, and you can see some, some bad JTS film there that, that that's part of the reason why he played tonight that's what Todd Bull said after the game they wanted to get JTS some work because he's still a work in progress and you have to to remember all of those downs where he played inside as a nickel rusher and actually kind of thrived creating some pressure there but what what happened was he wasn't rushing from the outside on third downs and getting those reps as an outside linebacker which is where he's going to be playing the majority of the snaps this year not so much inside right yeah it, it I think the Bucks will be happy overall with JTS's play. Some of those things where he did allow those those rush lanes, those can be coached up rather easily. Uh, and I think what he showed as a pass rusher is going to far outweigh that. Um, I also think that with JTS, the important thing, as you noted, was just getting him the reps, getting him those consistent reps. And when you put him opposite of Shaq Barrett, with what they did today, just with their depth pieces, I think the future is bright for the Bucks' pass rush. I agree. Um, we're going to let you know that we're going to be doing, as as always, 
Underdog Fantasy. If you participated last year with us, we did some leagues with, with you Buccaneer fans, and we're going to do that again. Starting next week, we're going to be really promoting the Best Ball Mania 3 and the, sp- the specific Pewter Report leagues that we're going to create on Underdog Fantasy. Make sure when you get to Underdog Fantasy, use the promo code Pewter for the sign-up bonuses. But I want to give out my email address. It's sr at pewterreport.com, sr at pewterreport.com. If you want to play me and, and have a fantasy draft with me, we'll, we'll do it with uh, about 10 or a dozen people. And uh, we can do two and three and four drafts depending on how many participants that you want to have. But if you want to, to face me in your underdog fantasy draft, my email address is sr at pewterreport.com. Email me, let me know, and we'll set up a time to do those drafts next week on Underdog Fantasy. Uh, This is the time, folks, whether you're joining a Pewter Report Underdog Fantasy League or doing Underdog Fantasy on your own, uh, now is the time to get in with the $10 million Best Ball Mania 3, and uh, it's simply the best user interface when it comes to drafting fantasy football. What I love about Underdog Fantasy is you draft it, set it, and forget it. It's best ball tournaments, so whoever you draft, the best numbers statistically on that particular Sunday or game day, that's who you get. So if you draft Aaron Rodgers and you draft Tom Brady and and Tom outshines Aaron, then you get Tom's numbers that day. And if when Tom's on uh, the bye week, then you've got Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. So that's what I love about Underdog Fantasy is you you draft it in the offseason, then you set it and forget it. Underdog Fantasy, uh, draft your teams now for a chance to win $10 million in prizes on Underdog Fantasy. I'll tell you who had his best ball of the preseason um, tonight was D. Delaney. Yeah. Delaney needed to have a good day. Um, he didn't have the greatest game last week against right. the Dolphins. He didn't have a great week of practice here uh in Tennessee. So he really needed to have a strong showing tonight. And I think he really did. Yeah. Um, he had a really great pass breakup where he was uh, against, I believe it was Traylon Burks, mm-hmm. um, deep down the left sideline, uh, did a great job getting his head around, breaking up the pass. And just in general was, was giving good coverage and preventing Malik Willis from really throwing his way a ton when he did, when Malik Willis did throw his way. Right. Um, it, Delaney either shut down the pass or uh, made a quick tackle. I yeah. think he had a really strong day in coverage. And in general, I think the Bucks' uh, pass defense was was pretty good. They allowed a couple of plays, but a lot of those was out of structure after mm-hmm. the routes had really broken down. It was kind right. of a scramble drill. And uh, overall, I think the Bucks' pass defense took a step forward from last week. Yeah, I would agree with that. And uh, Nate Pitts, uh, I'm feeling it for Devin White this year. I think he'll have his best year ever. He kind of digressed uh, <laughs> each season. But uh, I have a feeling that he'll really step up this year. You know, that, that's something we've noted in the joint practices with the Dolphins. You got to see it firsthand against the Titans. The pass coverage by Devin White, which has really kind of been his weakness or his Achilles heel, uh, it, he still has to work on some things like shedding blocks and, yep. and not overrunning the quarterback on A-gap blitzes, things like that. He's still a work in progress. But this was an area that was probably the weakest part of his game. It seems like he's made some real strides in that area just plastering backs out of the backfield and tight ends in short underneath coverage. Yeah. And I mean, if we're being honest in this league that is so pass heavy, it has become the most important part of a linebacker's play, uh, at least in my opinion. Yeah. And to see Devin White take that step forward has been really, um, really nice to see. Yeah. Uh, I know I've been fairly critical with, uh, of him in, in past articles that I've written about um, and, and specifically citing that area of his game. And to see him take those strides, at least in practice, it's uh, it's it's notable, yep. and it's a positive uh, development for this Bucks defense. Yep. What also is a positive development, folks, is the fact we're over nine thousand subscribers on our YouTube channel. Thanks to you, Pewter people, we love you. That's why we do this for you guys. We want to give you the best insight, education, and entertainment about your favorite team, and we appreciate all the super chats we get. It helps us. Go on road trips like the one here in Nashville, where we've covered both Bucks practices for you against the Titans during the week, and then here at Nissan Stadium covering the Bucks' thirteen to three loss to the Titans. But another way you can help us, aside from the super chats, and this is free, go to our YouTube channel, Pewter Report TV, and hit subscribe. It says subscribe, but it's free. Just hit the button, 
and you'll join the over 9,000 Buccaneer fans that have already done so. We want to get to 10,000, uh, hopefully by mid-season. That's kind of the goal. We'll see how quickly we can climb. We're already on our way. But uh, we love you, Peter people. Thanks so much for helping out the Peter Report YouTube channel, Peter Report TV. And hit the like button under videos. We've seen uh, uh, several likes already on this video. We appreciate that. All of our content, whether it's press conference clips, interviews, or the Pewter Report podcast, when you hit those the like buttons on all those those uh, uh, pieces we do on our YouTube channel, it helps our algorithm. It gets us in front of more Buccaneer fans just like you and gets them into our content. Make sure that you're also visiting pewterreport.com for our, all of the Bucks post-game coverage. Uh, we'll continue this tomorrow with the SRs. Uh, or my, I should say my two-point conversion post-game column tomorrow morning. We'll have Todd Bowles in the early afternoon uh, with his press conference with, with an update on Aaron Stinney. I know what he's going to say. He's going to say, uh, we don't know yet until we get uh, the, results, the, the back. results back from the MRIs and the tests. we got to wait for the swelling to go down to do the MRIs. We've heard that before. It looked like a, a significant injury. It, it did. And, and given the fact that we still don't know quite what's going on with Ryan Jensen's injury, we may not know Aaron Stinney's till I don't know, the bye week. Uh, and then, yeah. Scott, I would say one thing. I think you've reached the status where you can speak in the third person. You can, can I? You can say SR's two-point conversion. Well, okay. <laughs> now, <laughs> you said it, not me. But. <laughs> one thing um, I think is really uh, noteworthy, and, and Scott, you and I have had some conversations about this. The Bucks made a change at their coaching staff this offseason in terms of the inside linebackers coach, yeah, correct? Correct. Who did they move there? Well, they moved Larry Foote, who was the outside linebackers coach, did a great job because each year Foote was outside uh, coaching that position. You had a pro bowler in Shaq Barrett in 2019. You had a pro bowler in, in JPP, Jason Pierre-Paul in 2020. And then Shaq made the pro bowl again last year. Now you're moving him inside where he played mm -hmm. in, in uh, uh, for Todd Bowles in Arizona, but more uh, more noteworthy in, in Pittsburgh, where he was was on the Pittsburgh team uh, playing with Byron Leftwich and uh, in, in, in a sense for Bruce Arians, he was on the offensive side as the quarter, as the receivers coach and the offensive coordinator. But now you have a new outside linebackers coach in Bob Sanders. But I, I like both of these moves. Right. I, I think foot going inside is going to reach and speak to Devin White in, in a different, unique way because they're both kind of intense guys that kind of feed off of the the uh, the instinctual part of the game. And, and then I think Bob Sanders is a great technician who's going to get the best out of JTS and really accelerate his learning curve. Yeah, I think Foot has, at least through training camp here, I think Foot has done an absolutely amazing job with that group. Yeah. Um, Levante David has been picking off Tom Brady you know, yeah. at, at multiple practices. which is <laughs> In the red zone. In the red which, zone. Which does which not happen. does not happen. Yeah. And, and so I think that you're seeing Levante kind of elevate his game here kind of towards the end of his career in a contract year in a contract yeah. year Devin white having probably the best training camp of his career mm -hmm. so far taking that step forward in pass coverage that like you mentioned the the ability for those two to connect because yeah. they're so similar but what's interesting is with Fadakasi right an undrafted free agent just absolutely balling out yeah. making a case to stay uh to make this final roster right and, and what's interesting was we, we interviewed him yeah. after the game. He is so unassuming. Yeah. You know, he, he is not that fired up Devin White personality. Right. He's much more um, He's cerebral. More like yeah, yeah, much more cerebral, just a little bit more soft-spoken. Mm -hmm. But he seems to really be taking to that coaching very well. Yeah. He also noted the coaching that he received at, I believe, Rutgers with Greg Schiano, mm -hmm. um, And just taking it and, and elevating his game and showing that he can maybe play at this level. Yeah. So um, foot doing a great job. I agree. I, I think it's a great move. I loved it when it happened. And I love the addition of Bob Sanders too. I think he's a, a great technician, uh, attention to detail guy that fits what Todd Bowles wants to do. And, and uh, I, I really think that he's going to work wonders with the outside linebackers. Uh, the defensive line is interesting because Deidre Sanat kind of showed up tonight. He really yeah. had to. Pat O'Connor continues to really shine in, in, uh, in the preseason. Now he had a sack last week. Six tackles, half a sack tonight, plays just about everywhere in special teams. So he's such a, a key cog there. Uh, I would not be surprised if either he or K.J. Britt get the special teams captain. Yep. Usually it goes to the linebackers. Kevin Minter had it the last couple of years. It probably will go to Britt, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he got it. Uh, but he wasn't the only defensive lineman that made a play tonight. Willington Prevalon! <laughs> he also... Uh, had a big play. He got a big time hit on the quarterback to 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 create the interception for 
for yep. Don Garner. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he was in the backfield a few different times. Yeah. I think he, he flashed a, a little bit, made a case to, uh, to potentially make it past this next round of cuts, yep. which I believe has to be done by 4 p.m. on Tuesday. Tuesday yes. um, the, the Bucks roster, which has been whittled down from 90 to 85 this right. past week, and now needs to go from 85 to 80, yep. um, leading into the Indianapolis game. And then at that point, they'll have to do – math is right 27 cuts mm -hmm. to get down to the final 53 um for for the first week of the uh, of the regular season yeah. so prevalon showed up but you had a lot of players on defense showed up fortunately not so much on offense <laughs> right. um and, and they're gonna make it very hard for this coaching staff to really figure out who the best 53 is going sure. back to o'connor i think he's gonna make it very hard for this um coaching staff to keep him off the field even with yeah a lot of talent ahead of him. You've right. got the rookie, Logan Hall, who was picked with the first pick of the second round. Oh, he played better tonight he did. he did. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he did. Um, you have, of course, Akeem Hicks, a, mm -hmm. a, a late off-season addition, which uh, I think has already paid dividends in terms of his ability to help develop Hall, mm -hmm. as well as just what he's shown in practice. He's been, he looks like he's completely healthy. Yes. That, that's for sure. And if he can stay that way, I think he's going to be kind of a linchpin to this defense. Of course, you've got Pro Bowler, Vita Vea. That's right. And uh, and Will Golston, who is has been Mr. Steady across, mm -hmm. uh, I think this is going to be his 10th year. Yeah, 10th year. So you've got all these people ahead of O'Connor, but I think he delivers, and you and I talked about mm -hmm. it a little bit during the game, he delivers something that none of them really have, which is he's the fastest off the line. Yeah, he really is. And if they're going to do these stunts and twists, he's the perfect player to do that. So I think there are going to be some packages that may feature him, yeah. even Especially with all this talent ahead And Nickel Rush. And, and Deidre and Sonat, right, when you, when you do the math, on, on the six defensive linemen they'll keep. Uh, Raheem Nunez Rochez, uh, is, otherwise known as Nacho, he'll be the backup nose tackle again, great against the run. But Deidre Sanat uh, starting to make a case for himself. He's a veteran player that is strictly a nose tackle, and they already have one of those guys in Nacho. So it might be difficult to, to find a way to keep him, but maybe Sanat is one of those veterans on the practice squad that if there is an injury up front, he can come on and, and, and play for you. The Buccaneers offense, we start off the, the, the podcast talking about uh, how offensive the numbers were. Two of 13 on third downs. They only had 174 yards. Now, keep in mind, Leonard Fournette had a 10-yard rush to start the game. They only had 164 yards after that. The Bucs defense did a pretty good job against the Titans. Again, we talked about the fact that the Titans were held at just 20% on third downs and only one of three on fourth down conversions. And, and Tennessee had 255 yards. Now, keep in mind, this is without King Henry. This is without Ryan Tannehill. So they did not have some of their, their big guns, obviously, on the offensive side. Uh, Malik Willis ran for his life. He was forced to scramble. And he got away because he's just so darn slippery. But, he ended up being their leading rusher for the night, I, I believe. Yes. No. Yeah. Yeah. When you look at, at Willis, uh, passed for uh, only 7 of 17 passes, uh, sacked three times, had, did have the, the touchdown and had 80 yards passing, but had 42 yards on the ground, including a 24-yard uh, scramble, which was the longest run of the night. So a better showing for the Bucks defense, but not what you wanted at all from the Bucks offense. And, uh, of course, the big news, Aaron Stinney uh, lost maybe for the season, but certainly for a while. And Kyle Trask just did not take the step forward that, that we maybe were hoping or at least – anticipating perhaps after a, a pretty good showing against the Dolphins. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see a comment here in the, in the chat here. Wow. Our line is going to be worse than, than Cincinnati's last year. I, I don't think we're to that point. All yeah. right. Keep in mind who was in um, Tristan Wirfs's injury should not keep him out for a, a chunk of the regular right. season. I, I think there's a chance that he's back by week one, maybe week two or three. Uh, you still have Donovan Smith who it was, He's had an amazing camp, and yeah. you're talking about a guy who has literally improved every single year of his career. That's not something many football players can say. I mean, there there is some variation to most players' games, but not to Donovan Smith. He just continues yeah. to improve. There's two spots on the offensive line that have been that, that should be good. You've got Shaq Mason at the right guard. Mm -hmm. uh, ever since his rookie year, he's been a, a plus offensive lineman. Yeah. Robert Hainsey, I think he, he looked fairly decent yep. tonight, um, and he's had a good camp overall. Mm -hmm. So now you're looking at one spot, which is definitely a question mark uh, in the left guard, and I'm sure the Bucks would have rather had Aaron Stinney as a part of that. Um, 
at least as an option. Right? Yes, it, absolutely. Because of the experience. Yeah. You know, and you mentioned it too on the two practices that we saw this week in Tennessee, really kind of your first exposure to training camp uh, for the Buccaneers uh, living out of state. But but Donovan Smith made a huge impression on you. And <laughs> as good as Tristan Wirfs is, and he gets a lot of praise and deservedly so, it wasn't just Donovan Smith what he was able to do in those one-on-one -on -one pass protection drills where he was just about flawless. But the leadership mm -hmm. that we heard and we saw from Donovan Smith, too, he's just a player that's really just come into his own over the last couple of years. And uh, he doesn't have just the physical freak ability and size that Tristan Wirfs has. But he's a damn good left tackle. He is. And he's got great technique. And I say this in, the, in a very positive way. He's just a bad, bad man. Yeah, he really is. Um, you can see he's developed a, kind of a signature move. And I, I think we call it a snatch, snatch and grab, snatch and grab yep. where he pulls you in and just pulls you down. Yeah. And he was executing it flawlessly throughout the week. Nobody could beat him. Bud Dupree yeah. just got got worked. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, again, not to we don't want to be alarmist about this. You've still got three to four good offensive linemen that you should be able to count on. Yeah, we do. The Bucks do have yeah. a big question mark at left guard. I think right now Nick Leverett is by default your your starter to start off with. Yeah, and we're interesting to see if the Bucks make any roster moves there. They, they stood pat with the center position, right, with uh, with Robert Hainsey and Nick Leverett. But now, if Nick Leverett is going to be your starting left guard, he really can't be the backup center because. Nope. Uh, well, he 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 is by default, but then you 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 have a you're you're sliding him over from left guard to center. If something happens to Robert Hainsey, now you're inserting a guard, so you're kind of making two positions weak. So uh, you got to cross your fingers and hope that that the offensive line does not suffer any more injuries because that's been the position that's been hit the hardest yep. with injuries so far in training camp. Yeah, I think the other thing is, and, and Todd Bowles said this to almost every question we asked him is we're going to look at the tape. And yeah. I think it's important that they go back, they look at the tape. They've been doing a lot of experimenting this off season, mm -hmm. putting a lot of players at a lot of different positions on this offensive line. They need to look at the tape. They need to make some commitments and just roll with that yeah. to get this off this unit with some continuity mm -hmm. and, and get them prepared for week one. Yeah. Folks, we have a new advertising partner that I'm super excited about. It's Florida Lanai Curtains. You know why I'm excited about them? Because uh, I actually have Florida Lanai Curtains out on my Lanai. And boy, do they make an absolute difference. Uh, they give you the privacy and the shade that you are looking for. Uh, privacy on demand outdoor curtains uh, are made from some of the most well-known uh, Sunbrella brand of marine canvas backed by a 10-year fade-free warranty and available in over 100 colors that will enhance the look and comfort of any outdoor space. That's what I liked about it, folks, is the fact that these curtains are marine grade, they're durable, they hold up uh, to weather, to the, to the sun. And we live in Florida, right? Because we love the warm weather. However, the two most common complaints about spending time outside at our Florida homes is the lack of privacy, where homes are being built closer and closer to one another in the brutal heat of the warmer months. Lack of privacy and too much sun can drive you indoors and keep you from enjoying your screened enclosed pool or other outdoor spaces as much as you like. That's where Florida Lanai Curtains comes in. They solve both of these problems with the privacy on demand patented outdoor privacy curtain system and the custom made screen enclosure shade sales. Their flexible installation options and high quality products give you privacy and shade just where you need them. Their unique shade sales are made from a solar mesh which has a 10-year warranty against degradation, and they're built to give you the shade and UV protection for years to come. Folks, if you need privacy or shade and you want more freedom to enjoy your outdoor spaces, visit the Florida Lanai Curtains website at lanaicurtains.com to find out more about their amazing custom products and do your own hassle-free instant online estimate. Call 813-337-2511 to schedule a free in-home consultation. That's Florida Lanai Curtains at lanaicurtains.com. It's a great investment. It absolutely is something I should have done years ago, but we love our outdoor curtains from Florida Lanai Curtains. You know, Scott, you mentioned that I, I don't live in Florida. Yeah. I used to live in Florida. I grew up in Florida. That's right. I moved back in 2016. I moved away in 2019. Do you know why I moved away? Why did you move away? 
well, lack of privacy and too much sun. If I had <laughs> if known you about had, Florida yeah. lanai curtains, I may still be a Floridian. <laughs> exactly. It's unfortunate. Yeah. What's unfortunate is for all those pewter people out there that are not subscribed to our Pewter Report TV YouTube channel. Uh, don't be that that guy or, or gal. Make sure that you are a subscriber. We appreciate the over 9,000 of you who have done so. Uh, it's been a, a late night here and a, a not so fun night yeah. unless you like uh, boring football and good defense. And we saw both of those tonight. Uh, the Bucks offense was truly offensive, as we talked about. Uh, Scotty Miller didn't help himself with another uh, failed connection uh, down uh, the, the right sidelines. Uh, last week, it was a little bit of an overthrow. This week, it was a pass that he hit him in the caught. hands and he should have caught. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see if he has a chance to make the team. Uh, next week will be a big week for a lot of Buccaneers, as Josh talked about. That's uh, the final preseason game. We'll do their final roster cutdowns after that. Make sure you stay tuned to pewterreport.com for all the stories and content we have. And uh, I've got an SRS Fab 5 that, that, uh, that dropped yesterday afternoon. Read that. Josh Capo, what are you going to be featuring in this week's Grinding the Tape? I think the story of the night was the offensive line. And so that's definitely something I'm going to go back. I'm going to take a look at, hopefully break down some film and uh, and share with the Peter Report readers uh, just kind of uh, what the nuances of that unit were for the tonight. Were there any highlights? If so, who? And then where can the Bucks go from here? Yeah, well, listen, um, I, I tell you, uh, th this is probably – I actually was going to say this is the best Peter Report podcast we've ever done. Unfortunately, this was not the best preseason game the Bucks have ever played. <laughs> but at least, you know, uh, at least you got a good podcast, people. And we appreciate all of you, Peter people, for tuning in and for supporting our endeavors with the Super Chats and just your viewership. It means a lot. We're going to be back Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday next week as uh, the Bucks return to Tampa for a week's worth of practice. And then they head out to uh, Indianapolis to play the Colts next Saturday in their season, the preseason finale. So for Josh Capo, I'm Scott Reynolds live here in Tennessee at Nissan Stadium. Uh, we are energized by Celsius tonight. Can't say the same for the Bucks offense, but we will see you on Tuesday for the next edition of the Pewter Report podcast.